welcome to the Honor Roll Insurance Podcast. This is a podcast of the Toscano Agency, which, by the way, was founded on Bill Toscano's front porch over 51 years ago. Why the front porch? Kind of a strange spot to start an agency. It's because his wife would not let him use the dining room. We're still family-owned, operated, and friendly here at the Toscano Agency. Do you want to close more sales without being a salesperson? On today's episode, we will talk through the four C's that lead to closing sales. Did you know that we can write all kinds of seasonal homes here at the Toscano Agency? From the typical snowbird situation to an Airbnb in-law suite, we have all the solutions that you need. Join us on February 10th at 10 o'clock. We're going to have a webinar talking about our seasonal options. Register for this webinar at tiscano.com forward slash webinars. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Happy Friday. It's snowing. Is it snowing at your house, Dana? Yes, some more snow. Happy winter Friday in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I know they're still not quite sure how much we're going to get what they ever, they just never are where I live. Like, cause we're right at the base of the mountain and you just don't know what we're going to get, but they're saying one to three during the day, one to three overnight. So Sophie has a little snowboard. She's excited to start to use. (laughs) I think that's their go-to one to three. That's what I'm convinced. Like it's always just one to three and it can be a dusting or it can be seven inches. <laughs> you just, you just like, don't know. I remember yesterday morning I'm driving back from the gym and my car says minus three. I'm like, where are we? Alaska? Like, well, is this necessary? Oh my Lord. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe some snow and whatever, but that those cold, cold, cold temps. We've had a couple nights like that. I'm sure you have too, Nicole. And mm-hmm. those are just like, wow, that's insane. But it is. I'm not going anywhere. So I got to just keep on going through it. I think my complaints get worse though every year. <laughs> I'll be honest. Oh, I know. It's no fun going out in the cold and running, walking, anything. Just going to your car at this point in time isn't fun either. And I'm at the point in my life where I have to sleep with socks on. And when it's super cold like this at night, I have been doubling my socks up. I am that woman. Yes, I know it's not very attractive, but. That's so funny, Nicole. That's the (laughs) one thing I can't sleep with because anytime. I do like, if you know, it's real cold. You, you jump in bed and the last thing you want to do is take off your socks. Like you want your feet warm. Right. I kid you not. I don't even know every time somehow I kick them off mm-hmm. uh, every time. I just, my body says, sorry, no, I don't want you my feet. <laughs> I used to be that way, but I get the worst foot cramps and I blame it on being a dancer and running. I have abused my feet for decades and like, my feet cramp up. So I need to make sure they're nice and toasty, like, or I have issues and I don't sleep. I feel like an old lady. I'm sorry. (laughs) I have hip issues and feet issues. (laughs) I know. I know this lovely, you know, aging process is is a good time. (laughs) And and they last longer than ever. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, today we're talking about closing sales through conversation. And this is something I've probably talked about with agents on a weekly basis. Like it's definitely, there is no like magic sauce or secret to this. Like it's all about relationships and I don't care what industry you're in. This is a solid consistent. It's all about relationship. It's not 
you know, sending in the best price to someone and emailing it over. Yeah, you might be able to close deals like that, but the deals that are going to stick, that you're going to retain, that are going to stay on the books are the ones that you've built a relationship with. And taking the time to have a conversation versus just emailing things back and forth is going to make all the difference. So I really like to talk about the four C's and I've done a couple of webinars on this and I've had such a great response and people changing the way they're actually going through their process and they're closing more by following these four C's. So converse is the first one. Obviously that's important. Connect. You can't fake a connection, collecting information, and then obviously consulting. That's what we do. So I want to talk through those things, but Dana, I wanted to hear from you since you were on the retail side, you know, how did you, how did you do when you were closing? Like, what did you do? Did you do most of your closing to sell policies through email over the phone? Like what was your process? How did you, how did you do that? I really, it's not that there was no email correspondence ever, but that was probably the last resource I went Mm -hmm. to. I took it as the conversation is very important, obviously. Um, But so if I ever look, overlooked something or I needed to talk to them about an incident and I, I would always try to call them first and try to actually talk about it. Like, for example, you get knee deep into something, all of a sudden, maybe a loss came up or something or whatever, whatever, if in the collecting data part, I always took it as another opportunity, not just to collect more information, but co- connect again. And converse because you can connect a lot through that situation too and say, oh man, that was horrible. I'm sure, you know, and, and really build the relationship farther. So I always made it a goal anytime I could connect with them again on the phone. If it was a follow up, I, you know, we didn't close in the office or whatever the situation may be. Um, that's it. Now, there were times, don't get me wrong, where I'll, I'll leave a voice message and follow up in the email. But a lot of times I was surprised how some of them would actually just call me back, even though they got the email. But when it came to the final closings, I was usually more when I finally, let's say numbers had to be updated because something changed, I would leave a message to say, hey, I finalized the number. If you can give me a call back when you have a chance. Now, I, 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 they would usually call me back. Now, if I didn't hear from them in a day or so, obviously I try again, but follow up in an email and say, hey, do you, you know, I would go the email route, but I always tried to converse. That was just my tactic. So I usually, honestly, I'm like, I can't say I never closed in an email. I, I People can come back and say, hey, this looks really good. I'd like to move forward. And then I'd say, okay, here's my schedule. Let's talk about schedules and, and a range of time to get yeah. this done. And it was usually over the phone or mostly in person was ideal if that could happen. Again, yeah. all pre-pandemic, I must say. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation of getting in front of people. But um you know, I think that honestly, that first conversation is one of the most important. It's, you know, that first impression, you know, we've talked about that before, but it really does kind of set the tone for the customer experience. And, you know, I say customer experience and some people still don't understand what customer experience is. That's not customer service guys, not at all. This is what the customer experience is from start to finish through the process that you have at your agency. So, that conversation that you have, that initial conversation has to be clearly organized with some sort of direction or you're already losing trust. And 
in the insurance industry, we can't lose trust because if we don't have trust, it's not going to work. You're not going to close. It's not going to happen. Um, there has to be that trust that has to be developed. So really important when we are having these initial conversations. And I talk about this all the time in the CE classes, you know, fact finding, making sure we're getting everything we need in those first conversation or the second conversation that we, we set up to gather the rest of that information. If we're not organized and we don't have something that we're following, even just a bulletized list of some sort, whatever it may be, you know, we're not sending that over to people. I, I've had so many people get this confused. You don't send them the list to complete themselves. This is the time for you to have this conversation, for you to set the stage, for you to start the relationship, get the information. Doing this is going to help you get to the finish line to close. If you are in the, the habit of emailing over a form for someone to complete and have them send over their current deck pages, if that is what you're doing and that's your initial conversation, these people can just go online and get their own insurance. Like what, what are you bringing to the table? What value are you bringing? You're having them fill out a form. It's the same thing for them to go online. So my biggest, my biggest message today is really pick up the phone. Talk to these people. Do not do this via email. Yes, you can exchange some information, but make sure you are prepared for that first conversation. You're having a conversation over the phone or in person or Zoom or whatever it may be. And, you know, show and prove in that conversation that you are organized. There is direction. You can set the expectations, explain what's going to happen. And I don't care what kind of insurance you're selling. I don't care. Like, I don't even care what product you're selling. This is so, so very important. Dana, did you gather most of your information over the phone? Like, how did you, how did you do this? Like, yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of like you're saying the itemized list and things that you need to gather that comes with time. You end up knowing a lot of it going into it. Your preparedness comes with time to an mm -hmm. experience. Um, like you said, I would make a list if, if you are starting out and there's a lot of information. So you're not getting so far ahead and say, Oh, wait, hold on. I, I got to go back and collect this, but um, it just depended on the situation. So if it was a call in quote, it would gather it over the phone. If they came in, if they were like, they came in, unexpectedly and they had their policies again that's a that's a big step in the right direction um i still would obviously i, I did make a conversation to start i didn't just jump in the pot let me see what you have and let's let's just jump right in and start quoting and talk to them a little bit more the other thing i want to share too in the process of conversing and starting to get things in order because if that person is in front of you and, and even on the phone it, it happened a lot there are certain times if you're organized enough and you know what's going on, you know, in the quoting process, you might have to take control of the conversation a little bit because it can really, um, and it, it's good sometimes because your customer that's calling in might actually have a lot of questions, but they can pull you in 10 different directions. So the more organized you are and knowing what you're doing, you can actually politely talk through that and say, that's a great question. You know, we're going to get to that here in just a minute, but before we do, and then continue on. So you can get through one portion because sometimes you're, you're quoting, you're going to be quoting five things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once you get past the conversation, you're getting into the quoting process. Again, if you had that good conversation, you have you have this good report, you should be able to take control of the conversation and say, that's a great question. And I am going to take care of that for you or answer half it and say, I'm going to, you know, we'll talk about that more 
in a little bit right. to get to that section. Does that make sense, Nicole? It does. And those side conversations, you know, they are super important. So I would say, don't push them to the side, you know, make sure you have them. You learn so much more inside conversation than you do going through a fact finding sheet. You really do. There's lots of clues, but you have to be actively listening in those conversations and not just preparing. And you don't want this to be like interrogation style work. This obviously you're going in there to gather information that you need, but you're also trying to connect with a customer and those side conversations offer a great opportunity to connect, whether it's something you have in common or you can even spin it, um, you know, for another product that you can, you know, round the account off with or, or whatever it may be. So yeah, definitely. But you always do need to bring it back and take control. So you get back to what you were talking about. And that's, that's where that organized list or a bulletized list really helps because we can all get super distracted. We can really start to connect with someone and, you know, get into great conversation and then we lose our spot and we miss a big chunk of info. And, and that's never fun because, no one likes that ping pong ball effect when you have to keep going back to an insured or a prospect for more information because you didn't gather it. That shakes the trust. And like, what the heck? Is this person organized? Why, why, why do they need this? Like, why didn't they ask me that yesterday? Right, right, right. You can get lost in a conversation too, like you're saying. Sometimes yeah. too, they, they, I found like with customers, if they really are into it, if they're really shopping and they've had some deep experiences, they might really, um, kind of just start jumping around in the different types of policies. Like you, you might've got into, we're going to look at your auto first, let's say for example. And we start talking about different things that go into a side story and you're, you're building rapport and then they jump all of a sudden something triggers them and it's about their homeowners. And, you know, and that's where it's like, okay, great. Like, this is great, but we need to rein it back because we are going to get there. You know right. what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah that those side conversations, they are great. Cause in not that you want people to have claims, but sometimes those were the a big building relationship situation. Oh, and yeah. actually that as far as um the customer's needs, that's what you're gonna find out in that situation. When you start getting into the potential problems they had prior, you're gonna find out the type of customer they are. So you can play that back and how you're going to support that if they come to you. So it's all great. It's neat how it all ends up usually coming around. That's the best part. I think of the close, as you get to the closing process, Mm -hmm. if you are an active listener, you should be able to bring a lot of things back that they mentioned, maybe concerns of theirs or issues they had in the past and just reinforce them towards the end as a hit. This is what we'll do for you. Right. Spell it out. Yeah. And those side conversations oftentimes lead to, you know, the reason why they are coming to you and they're leaving their previous agent and it can help to identify holes in coverage. And that's where we really shine. You know, we want to find the holes in coverage. We want to find what they're missing, um, what they need that they don't have. Um, and they're giving you big hints when they're telling you things their other agent did or didn't do that really upset them. Those are things we really need to listen for. And that's why active listening is so very important. And I know everybody can do better with this. We are all just so used to buzzing and working at such a very, very fast pace. And we all say we try to multitask or whatever. When we do those things, we're missing out on major hints and clues that can help us to close sales. So it's really important to make sure we're paying attention. The other thing, you know, it's great to share about ourselves. We try to connect. We try to 
you know, bring back stories about our own family or experiences when our client is opening up and sharing. We don't want to come across being really, you know, arrogant or anything like that and just talk about ourselves and everything we've achieved. So you have to make sure we have a good balance with that. You really want to make this process about your customer because it is, it's all about your customer. It's not about you. It's all about your customer. What you want to be sharing is how you can help them then after you've taken the time to really connect and learn about them and, you know, sharing uh, things about yourself that connect with the conversation that they've started is really important. So that definitely helps. And I, I say this all the time when you are having these conversations, make sure you're taking notes. Put some of this stuff into your CRM or whatever software you have for your agency management system in the notes and activities. So you can remember some of those important things, number of kids, dogs they have, places they go on vacation, whatever is they're sharing. Um, you want to make sure you can bring some of that back so you can bring that up in future conversations again. It just helps people to feel important, heard, connecting with you and um, just different than going online and getting their insurance. Because we all know we can do it. They're coming to an agent for a reason. Right. And I do agree with you, Nicole. I mean, the more you can get to know them, I actually think it helps in the gaps and coverage conversation, to be honest with you. You know, they'll, they'll touch on things of how important their family is and they have kids and they have this. And, you know, let's say you're looking at their liability limits and you're like, you know, so you, I just, I found a lot of opportunities to take those stories and talk about what they have and revisit the, do you have enough coverage conversation? And again, it's still continuing to build that relationship. I think another C that I might add is caring. Oh Um, yeah. Because I really, that's what I felt in the, in the best customers that came in that were genuinely shopping and looking into showing them that I am caring about their situation and not everybody's cookie cutter, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody's state minimum limits and this and that. No, every, every person's different. Every situation's different. Every household's different, what they have, what they need. So I, I, I would probably add caring in that um, yeah. just to, just to show them that because that, go, that goes a long way. And you can't fake it. That's the thing. Like you can't sit here and go through this list, everything we're discussing and just be checking it off. You can't fake this stuff. If you are in this industry and you don't like people, you should just exit now because you're not going to do well. But it's just true. You have to connect. You have to care and you can't fake it. People know when you're faking it. And that is how salespeople get a bad reputation. Like that is how that happens. You can't fake this stuff. You can't be, you know, looking out for your best interest. The whole point here is the best interest of the client, making sure you're taking care of them. And if you truly care and act that way and, you know, follow through on those things, you will be so much more successful and you will close so many more sales. So the focus should never be, and I hate to say this because it sounds so backwards, but it shouldn't be on closing the sale. The focus right. should be that making happens. sure that you're helping the client, period, the end. Because the if, when it, it does go perfectly right in those situations, the closing just happens. Like, right. it, it, I hate to say it, that you don't have to say, so are you going to do this today? By the time you kind of get towards the end, you both kind of feel it and then just say, you know, okay, great. This is great. When are we, can we, you know, when are we going to get this started for you or something like that? Or it just mm-hmm. comes out or that, I don't know that. I don't know if anyone's this happened. Sometimes, you know, three quarters of the way or halfway, you might know that are like, oh, we're definitely coming here. But you still need to finish the process. Like you feel right. like you've already closed it. 
whether they told you or not. I mean, I don't yeah. want to be too confident, but there's certain transactions you just can feel it and um, just go with it. Don't don't shut it down. <laughs> don't stop it short. Just keep it going. Those are some of the best ones. And hey, I, I can. I really, I guess I can't, but I know things have evolved and I think it is getting harder to connect with people. But once you do, if you can find that connection, it's going to take you a long way. Definitely. And it's so important to bring value to the table with folks. You need to, you know, obviously identify how you are different than the pain points that they have, you know, recently experienced that's bringing them to you. So really important to find what makes you different take the time to figure that out, shine and, you know, make sure you're communicating that well. But I didn't used to agree with this, but now that I've been in this industry, I'm almost 20 years in, I understand this a little bit more. When I first started, um, in insurance sales, I did a lot of personal lines to get started and personal lines customers would change midterm. You know, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Like it is for commercial clients. It just makes it easier for commercial clients to change at renewal. I really just think, and I know so many personal lines, people are going to roll their eyes and cringe and be upset with what I have to say, but I think it really makes things so much easier, no matter if it's a personal lines policy or commercial lines policy to be making that change, you know, preparing for the renewal and changing at the renewal. You know, I, I, I know people don't want to hear that. And I know I used to be like, yeah, whatever we'll, you know, move them midterm. What does it matter? They're here now and they want it. Um, it just does make it easier on so many levels. And there isn't so much of a rush then too, because everyone seems to be like in a hurry. If you're waiting for that renewal if, or the renewal comes up, you know, four weeks ahead of time, it's so much easier to make that happen on that renewal date, especially if the homeowner's insurance is escrowed, you got to deal with the mortgage company, you know, all those sorts of things. They need a refund back because of their payment plan or whatever it is. Like, I'm just got to throw that out there. I think it's easier to close on deals that are coming up for renewal versus a midterm change. Yeah. Like, what do you think, Dana? Yeah. And I agree. I mean, as you all know now, I mean, I was mostly personal lines of retail and the, the real challenge there a little bit was, you know, our auto policies were every six months. Oh yeah. And so a lot of, and then, so there were a lot of carriers like that. We had some that were annual, but a lot of our competitors were also six months. So, but there were times though, that like you said, you, again, you're trying to bundle too, because usually that is the best savings for them. And it usually gives them the best protection for everything. And it's all in one place. There's many perks to it, but you're right with the homeowners. Um, that's usually once a year. And a lot of them are escrowed. I mean, a lot of them are. So it was a couple of things. I mean, the, the thing is, is so yeah, there were sometimes we were really close enough, but you don't want to lapse in the auto. And, no. you know, there's the homeowners is coming, but there's a big discount. So, yeah, I agree if you can, you know, do it all together. But I guess that would be my only challenge. But, yeah, at the renewal of the auto, of course. But um, a lot of times they were bringing it from a carrier where it was bundled. So they were getting those discounts and to separate them, you know, because you just need to write the auto now and the homeowners is six months from now. You know what I'm saying? Or three months from now, right. they're going to lose money. So. Anyway, that's that would be my only challenge to that. But I agree with you. And on every other aspect, wait till the renewal. It's always the easiest for everybody involved. Having that escrow conversation was all how this how's this gonna work? And I, I had to have it a lot of times. 
and I did and we made it work and I always followed up and let them know and things got paid and but it's a lot of work for the insurer too you know it's a, yeah. it's a lot of work for them and the talk it it, yeah and, and then they get yeah, they get that refund from their homeowner's insurance that they're leaving. And to explain that to them, when you get that refund check, send it back into your mortgage company yeah, to refill your escrow. Your escrow is going to be off and your mortgage payment's going to increase. You know, just removing that whole scenario, you know, definitely <laughs> is much more helpful. You know, but ideally it would, it is ideal always to do that at renewals, but oh my goodness. Yes. That yeah. Conversation, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough one. It is for sure. But you know, to wrap up with closing, definitely not the time for pressure. Only tires like pressure, like nobody likes pressure. So not the time for pressure. Let it happen naturally. Obviously what I really like to say to people, you know, if you're trying to get a response and you want to try to control the response, which is kind of a funny thought anyways, but I always gave a buy when like, okay, here's the details. We talked about this. I'm going to reach out to you on Friday to see if you have questions and, you know, to talk about what you would like to do instead of just leaving it hang. Well, here's the information. Get back to me. Like, you know what I mean? You try to control a little bit. Giving it a buy when really does help. It helps to make sure that you know, you at least have your answer and you're not just dangling out there or you don't want them to feel like they're not being serviced and they're not hearing from you. So I don't like letting that hang for two weeks. Definitely not. You know, if you're here and you're interested and this is the other thing that helps if you're doing this when you have a renewal coming up, there is a defined period of time where a decision needs to be made so that you're not paying your other insurance company and your escrow isn't pulled. You know what I mean? So that that really does help strategy wise to, to make sure you're closing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So definitely works out that way. But during this closing process, it is completely about the customer and not you. This is not the time to be selfish at all. This is the time to make sure you're doing what you need to do for your clients. So hopefully this helps you guys to, to close in some more sales. I think that it will. It worked really well for me. The biggest thing is it is not about you. And if you can remove yourself from the equation, you'll be much more successful. Exactly. Yeah. I like it, Nicole. Yeah. Seas like of closing. That's yeah. Cool. It's clever. We said four and now it's five. Oh, that now six. It's clever. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're, we're such nerds. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you guys though. So if you have anything to share with us about what you're doing for closing tactics and things that are working for you or some of your experiences, we'd love to hear podcast at Toscano.com. Dana, have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. Talk to you later. And I'm on the roll.